Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Speaking to you after, wow, a demoralizing 117-92 win over the Brooklyn Nets. The Raptors have now taken a 3-0 series lead. And before I go on to recap the absolute carnage of what happened tonight, I got to tell you that, look, I know we're thinking right now, ever since basketball came back, you can't get buckets out of your head. And we're not just talking about basketball buckets. We're talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. It happens to me all the time. One minute... Talking about buckets on the podcast, the next minute, daydream about the $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken. But don't worry, it's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during actual games. Um, It just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. Yeah, listen, the Nets could use a KFC bucket after this one because, oh my goodness, man, you know... What this game reminded me of was, um, you know, I covered all the Raptors uh, Cavs series, which uh, are regrettable, very regrettable, and um, caused me a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And I think any Raptor fan who watched those uh, will agree how painful those were. And, you know, it's not like the Raptors have LeBron, nothing like that. But, uh, you know, seeing some of the same reactions, um, seeing the crowd shots, like, even the virtual fans are depressed. Uh, there was a, a brief shot of a Nets fan who was just, like, on the verge of tears in the fourth quarter there when the Raptors were making their push up 30, essentially. I don't even know what the final score was, really, but, like, I, I think they might have up 30. Either way, it was 25, something like that. You know, uh, the look of just sheer, um, you know, just... They were demoralized. And, you know, when you pan over to the bench and you see... Uh, Jared Allen on the sideline, like Jared Allen, he's competed real hard. I mean, he's what he's basically been asked to guard. He's been asked to guard every single player on the Raptors. But when Jared Allen doesn't even get a single field goal attempt in 33 minutes after getting 17 rebounds, and he's sitting on the bench watching his team get washed, and Stanley Johnson's out there driving in for layups, like he looked demoralized, man. He looked demoralized, and and uh, man, you know, I, I just I relate to this feeling. I relate. Listen, I've been I've seen a lot of demoralizing game threes where the Raptors were about to get swept and uh, didn't do anything. You know, um, twenty fifteen against the Wizards. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if that was the one where uh, Dwayne Casey surprised everyone by starting Tyler Hansborough, but uh, you know, I, listen, I was that virtual fan. Uh, you know, against the Cavs 2017, that game three was mad demoralizing. It felt just unnecessary. That's the worst part when you feel like your team is in the playoffs and they are there and it is very obvious that they don't even have a purpose and no reason to be there. Um, and that, and that's what it felt like with the Nets today. I mean, look, Raptors, obviously game two took the Nets best punch. You know, I, I, I thought there's a lot of things the Nets could have built off of that, but 
The Raptors instead um, really locked in, really focused, and came out of the game really strong. And the Nets kind of just, I don't know, man. I mean, look, they lost, you know, on top of the fact that they have nine guys out due to injuries and COVID and things like that, they lost, um, you know, Joe Harris, who had to leave the bubble. Apparently, there's a health issue in the family. And, you know, that's very unfortunate. Hopefully, everything's okay there. Uh, Obviously, that's way more important than the actual series itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Nets just came out flat, like completely flat in game three, you know, Raptors took a 16 to five advantage with the starters, you know, the first bucket of the game, I think Fred got, uh, Jared Allen on a switch and pulled up on <laughs> for a three again. Uh, Fred has just, I mean, Fred has just been the MVP of this series so far. He has just, the things he has done to the Nets in this series will, will definitely come up in contract negotiations. I guarantee that his agent right now. He's taking all these uh, free Dawkins clips of uh, Fred Van Vliet, games one, two, and three, just putting them in all one large MP4 and sending it to Masai and other general managers interested. Um, and yeah, Fred hits a three, then Kyle hits a three, and then the Raptors just keep on running. Like, man, 16 to 5 to start the game. I mean, it was kind of just. I didn't have to do that much else from there. I mean, I'm not saying the game was won at that point. Obviously, they were still competing. They're still executing, you know. But the Nets just, like, spent so much energy trying to make these small little fake comebacks. And again, as someone who's watched a lot of these, like, uh, you know, blowouts to Cleveland, to, you know, to whoever. Like, yeah, I mean, that's how it goes, you know. You, you fall down quick. The other team kind of chills a little bit. You know, you make all these fall, false comebacks. You give yourself a little bit of hope. You're like, oh, man, Corey Joseph. Patrick Patterson going off here. Maybe, you know, we'll do something. No, you're not doing anything, okay? The other team has just decided to take a little water break, and they're going to come back and stomp you. I mean, it was it was a tough... It was, it was almost tough to see just how many times the Raptors just kicked the nets, like, square in the stomach in this game. I mean, a couple plays stand out, you know, at the end of the first half. You know, Karis LeVert hadn't made a three in the first two games of the series. Uh, he was over six, and then today, you know, in the first half, he makes two threes, including at the end of the first half, you know, some uh, quick ball movement, whatever, you know, 0.8 seconds left, Karis LeVert bangs the three, the Nets are only down 12 heading into halftime, it seems like a nice positive note to end on, right, like, okay, you know, it's only 12, it's manageable, we can build off of this, you know, it's a nice, you know, uh, final possession to go into halftime with. Except in those 0.8 seconds, the Raptors were able to inbound the ball. Fred VanVleet was able to throw up, literally just throw up, like maybe like 10 feet behind the the the, the, the half court line, just throw up a prayer, and and and, and that goes in too. Banks off the glass, goes in. Raptors up 15, going to have instead of having a sliver of hope, a sliver of momentum for the Nets, maybe they can do something in the third quarter. No, and that's that's kick number one in the stomach. Uh, kick number two was the Nets decided in the third quarter, we got to junk up the game. You know, we got to junk up the game. I remember seeing some stats out there, you know, heading into the series that are like, oh, man, the Nets uh, should go to a lot of zone against the Raptors. A, because the Nets practiced a lot of zone. Now, that was under head coach Kenny Atkinson, who has since been let go by the Nets. But, um, you know, the you know the Nets still have, obviously, that group. They practice those two, three zones. that They used to run those pretty much more than the regular defense because they weren't stopping anybody. Um, but, you know, yeah, there was a stat out there that, yeah, the Raptors, in, against zones, they were like the 30th-ranked offense in terms of points per possession against zones. 
And I'm seeing like, you know, like the two or three Nets fans out there, you know, like adding Jock Vaughn and being like, hey, listen, you know, you should take you taking this attention. And of course, after you're down 15 in the first half, you know, you should try to do something, anything to sort of get your team going. You know, Nick Nurse does this too. We saw the Raptors going to the zone in game three. Uh, and that actually kind of worked, you know, just throwing a little bit of a, a like a, a change up really to sort of, you know, uh, take the Nets out of their rhythm and then going back to the regular defense. So the Nets tried a bit of zone. I was like, okay, fine, cool. Let's see how this goes. And uh, it did not go well. It did not go well. Um, you know, one of those things that uh, when you look at these sort of catch-all numbers, you really need to study the context. You need to see which games the Raptors played against zone, who was in those games, what happened in those games. Because I'm telling you, you know, one of the biggest samples of the Raptors playing against zone this year was Raptors Heat. That was a game the Raptors shot 6 of 44 from 3. And the, the the Heat played zone for three quarters from, you know, they started at the end of the first quarter. But second, third, and fourth quarters, the in pretty much the entire game, they played zone. And that's going to impact your numbers. When you have a game like that, when you have a historically bad three-point shooting game, you're, it's going to impact your numbers. But again, you need to look at context because a lot of the times the teams are running zone against the Raptors. Marcus Gasol wasn't in the game, and with Mark in the game and the, with the starting five, you're going to run zone against the starting five, you're going to get burnt because uh, those are five three-point shooters out there, um, five players who are very smart at cutting. The nets are undersized as well, and of course, you know, going back to the Mark thing, they're just going to figure that out because Mark was actually struggling. You know, the Raptors, and Mark was looking bad. Straight up looking bad, okay? The Raptors, obviously, you know, closed the game in both the first game and the second game with Marcus on the bench. No Mark in the f- fourth quarter in either of those two games, okay? And they went to small ball without no center instead of going back to Mark, okay? So, you know, no Mark. Um, you know, so in game three, they wanted to get Mark going. They gave him a lot of extra looks. You know, the classic strategy, give your big man extra looks early on just to sort of keep him engaged. Now, we know Mark is a professional. He's going to be engaged regardless, but... Gave the mark a, a bunch of extra looks. You know, he's missing the little turnaround jumpers out of the post. He was missing the top three. He was he was passing up shots in the post. You know, Garrett Temple, guys like that were stopping him in the post. It, it did not look good. Did not look good. Um, except for the fact that, yeah, in the third quarter, the, the Nets went to the zone and it just completely revitalized a lot of guys. Like I thought that did more to spur the Raptors into completing this blowout than anything else because you had Mark. Being able to, you know, shine as a playmaker, basically setting up shop in the middle of the floor around that, you know, uh, free throw line extended area, catching the ball, directing traffic, making cuts. And then, yeah, I don't know, man, the Raptors, I I don't know if they got stopped even once on the zone. And I mean, stopped. Look, maybe Raptors missed like one or two open threes. But when you concede an open three, I don't really consider that a stop to a good shooter. So. You know, you had Mark finding OG for an open three. You had, you know, pick and roll with Mark in the middle of the floor. Mark catches it, rolling down the lane, draws the extra defender, kicks it, uh, you know, a little shovel pass to Kyle Lowry, who's flanking him for the layup. You had Mark catching the ball in the post after a post entry from OG. OG cu- cuts and curls around from the top of the floor down to the paint. Mark finds him with a pass over the top, over his defender. OG catches it. He's deep in the post. He draws the second defender in Allen. OG, with the presence of mind to do a little shovel pass along the baseline to Pascal for a little push shot, you know, uncontested layup. Uh, another play where, you know, Marcus Gasol's in the middle of the floor. They, you know, uh, he sees Pascal sort of cutting across the lane, throws a bounce pass, leads Pascal to the post. Pascal's able to get great post position one-on-one against Levert. 
uh, in the post was able to just calmly go up and, and, and get the layup to drop. And, man, I mean, it, it got the Raptors going. And it definitely got Mark going. It was the best stretch in the game for Mark. Mark played much better from there. It didn't score still, but, you know, it had a great block against uh, the Zone Musa. I'm pretty sure that's what I watched my my soccer games on is the Zone Musa. But, okay. Uh, and then... Um, and then, uh, yeah, he had the, one of the best assists of the night. The Raptors had 35 assists as a team. Obviously, a lot of great passes. You know, uh, Serge had a nice, a couple of nice ones out of the post. But Mark uh, sort of chasing after a loose ball so that the Nets were trying to die for it too. Mark, in one fell swoop, catches the loose uh, ball and then throws a pass. Does a little look away, little Vladi Divac. And uh, I forget who the, if he found for three, but um, gorgeous, gorgeous play. And, yeah, it got Mark going, and it got Pascal going. Because, you know, a lot of people were, like, getting on Pascal's case again. Look, man, I, you know, Pascal is going to miss some shots. And today, Pascal really went and created more of his own offense. And, you know, he shot at 11-23 from the field. Honestly, he could have got a lot more free throws. Like, he really is drawing so much contact on these on these shots. And a lot of these misses are just, like, missed foul calls that should be better. But still, you know, missed a couple of, you know, makeable shots. You know, he was in the post, but... Yeah, it got Pascal going. That third quarter stretch there, Pascal was able to hit two threes. He was able to set up Fred Van Vliet for a transition three. He was able to, uh, you know, you know, cap off a couple of those cutting sequences. You know, Pascal was just active. I loved his energy today. I know it doesn't say a lot in terms of his steals and blocks. Only one steal, zero blocks. But Pascal's recovery, you know, activity, especially the defensive end at the start of the game was so, so good. Like, he was doing that thing where, you know, Pascal's at his best where he could sort of stunt over to one guy and still have the speed and the length to recover and chase another guy off the three-point line like that. For a guy to guard two players at once uh, <laughs> is very, very impressive. And Pascal, when he's at his best, you know, has, you know, handfuls of those kind of sequences. Uh, Pascal super active, contesting for rebounds as well. You know, just playing a good game. And in that third quarter there, he really got going. I think he had 12 points in that third quarter. A lot of it against the zone. Again, man, it, it was cute that the Nets ran the zone. It really was cute. Um, I was washing dishes because I was bored by this game. Uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, the toughest part of covering Raptors Nets so far has been finding what to do with the like the 12 minutes you have at halftime. Um, yeah, so far, mostly have been cooking and washing dishes. But it's a great time to get chores done, man. Do your laundry, you know, like hit pause on, you know, your league pass or whatever you're, you're watching it on. And then just come back, you know, come back into the game. You know, just skip through the commercials is actually fantastic. It really is a life hack to uh, skip through some of these Nets games. Um, and, yeah, just the team as a whole played great. You know, um, if you just go up and down the roster, I mean, Fred continues to demoralize them. Uh, they have tried different defenses against Fred. Nothing is really working. Fred's getting into the paint. He's scoring. He's getting uh, mid-range shots, crossover, drop the defender, boom, hit the mid-range, the threes. I mean, the threes are ridiculous at this point. Six of ten from three for Fred after going eight of ten in game one. Uh, and, and, you know, he had some threes in game two as well. I mean, Fred is just, right now, it's unbelievable. You know, that half-court buzzer beater to completely demoralize the Nets. Uh, a whole bunch of great plays, man. I mean, Nets, again, listen, whoever Fred's agent is right now, make sure you're, comp- you're, you're taking all these clips you're putting them into Adobe Premiere or whatever, and you're just going to stitch them all together, export the file, and then send that file to whoever you need to, masayujiri at mlse.com, like whatever, okay? Just take these highlights, make sure someone sees them, because holy crap, Fred is killing him right now. Um, you know, Kyle, 
doing his distributing thing. I mean, Kyle, even just like defensively, man, like that's the thing. You, you look at a blowout, you're like, okay, whatever, right? You know, people can play loose. No, no, no. The reason the Raptors have a blowout is because the Raptors aren't playing loose. It's because Kyle Lowry's a maniac. Their leader is out here in the third quarter. He had a stretch where he stops a two-on-one fast break by himself. Then uh, after another turnover, the Raptors have they're, they're you know the Nets are on a three-on-one fast break, and Kyle Lowry is the last man back and stops a three-on-one fast break. And so, you know, Kyle is competing, he's, he's hustling, he leads, you know, he had, what, 10 defensive rebounds, that was tops on the team, for a point guard, like, what? Uh, you know, just the seven assists, the steals, the blocks, you know, stripping guys in full court, going in for layups, and he didn't even try to score that much, you know, obviously Fred was going, Pascal was going, Serge was going, other guys were going, Kyle didn't really need to do that much, you know, he had the three to start, you know, just kind of played within his game, and almost got a triple-double out of it, I mean, you what, three assists shy for Kyle, and if he had more of the ball, he, he probably would have got that triple-double. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was just a comprehensive ass-kicking, man. I, like, damn. Like, it, 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 this is what it was like. This is what it was like watching the, the Cavs against the Raptors. It really was. You know, you know, just see a team there kind of flailing, you know, trying to do their thing. You know, can't really play defense. Mismatches all over the floor. You know, I mean, at least, you know, credit to the Nets. Uh, the Raptors in those games, obviously, they had, uh, A, you know, much more regular season success, B, uh, healthier rosters, but whole, like, it, the effect is the same. I mean, I'm essentially watching, you know, from the other side right now. And I do feel bad for the Nets. I feel bad for the Nets, man. I mean, the virtual fans, listen, I mean, they look, they look depressed, but it is what it is. You know, as Fred VanVleet said after the game, the purpose of going three and zero is so you can go four and zero, which is, uh, whoa, man, that is, uh, that, I mean, look, listen, it's true, but he didn't have to say it like that. Uh, you know, in terms of the other guys on the team, Serge had a tremendous game off the bench. Serge has, you know, thoroughly outplayed Mark in this matchup. Obviously, playoffs so much about matchups. You know, uh, the Nets they are not guarding the centers. Okay, Mark is getting switched on to smaller guards all the time, not really doing much with it. Surge, different story. Now, Surge is seeing the guys, you know, smaller on him. Now, Surge is going against the Nets bench, which the Nets bench is comical. Uh, whoever they're putting out there right now, they played a little bit of Justin Anderson at backup center. He, uh, you know, was out there trying to cause some trouble. It, it felt like uh, just kind of like an agitator type. Rodion's Kuruks, and this man really is one of the worst playoff rotation players I've ever seen. Ever seen, man. This guy sucks at basketball actually i was gonna say at both ends but that if you suck at both ends you just suck at basketball and he sucks at basketball uh dante hall i mean oh my goodness like none of these guys are really working i mean and you know surge is just getting into the post you know they're the nets are doing a lot of switching they're doing a lot of zones so there's a lot of mismatches and stuff like that and surge is just getting into the post and like confident catching things shooting like mid-range shots he shot three or three from three uh, you know, got an and one in the fourth quarter, had a dunk off a pass from Norm, screamed, the Nets had to call timeout, Serge had to come out of the game because, you know, he was he was killing these guys. I mean, yeah, the, the kind of boost that Serge is giving you right now, I mean, he's essentially been the Raptors starting center. It's, you know, he's played more than Mark on the whole. He's been really good. We've seen a lot of the good sides of Serge. We've seen the scoring in games one and in game three where he had 20, I think 23 in game one and now 20 today. Um, we saw the defense in game two. We saw, I mean, we saw the defense actually in all three games. He's really been able to protect the basket while also being mobile and, you know, trapping and stuff on the perimeter. We're seeing his mobility. Serge is shine, man. Serge has looked really good. And you expect the Serge to take advantage of this matchup because, again, when he's posting up guys like 
you know, who are these guys, man? Like, Garrett Temple, you know, Tyler Johnson, guys guarding his surge in the post. Like, you know, people don't give Serge enough credit for imp- making tangible improvements, especially, you know, now, um, you know, so late into his career. Obviously, a lot of players are just kind of fixed. But the Raptors, I mean, we're, it's about development. Like, everybody develops. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, an 11-year vet like Serge. You can get better at stuff. And Serge, what he's gotten a lot better at is being calm and steady in the post, right? Getting to a spot, putting his hand up, sealing his man, presenting himself, demanding the ball. And he gets the ball. He has a he's he has a he has a plan of action. First, he surveys. He sees what passes are out there. There's a patience. You know, he had two nice passes out of the post for layups. One to Pascal. Another, I, I don't know who it was. Probably OG. Um, but you know, he's serving the floor. And if no help comes, he's just taking a couple hard dribbles. It's a little bit robotic, but you know, he's real steady on his shot too. And he's just gonna rise up, finish the shot, and surge. Man, it's just completely. He's 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 been one of the Raptors' most important players uh, in this series for sure. He's he's done really well, and then you got Norm coming in, driving baseline for a dunk. I think Kuroks was in that dunk. I mean, yo, listen, man, if you're at least gonna contest a shot, like just contest a shot. You're gonna be in the poster anyway. Just like at least put your hand up, do something, maybe put Norm on the free throw line, something, man. Because all Kuroks has done this in this series is leak out for like wide open dunks. Okay, cool. Uh, or like injure OG briefly because this guy's. He's just not doing much, man. He, he really sucks. Uh, Norm just dunking on him. I think, he dunk, I think he dunked on him in what game game two as well, right? He, he started the second quarter dunking on Kuroks, like you know, same same deal today in the fourth quarter again. Just a handful of just like demoralizing plays. Fred VanVleet pulling up, you know, from thirty, demoralizing. You know, the run the Raptors really ended this game middle of the fourth quarter. There, you know, the Nets. We're down big. Uh, they pulled their starters, and the Raptors actually must, must have got their signals crossed. Didn't see that the white flag had been thrown, so the Raptors starters were still in there while they were going up against guys like uh, Chris Chioza and, and Lance Thomas. And um, yeah, I mean the sequence is there. We got the mark with the little uh, no look uh, pass, the look away pass, um, and then you got Kyle pulling up from thirty five feet, and then immediately committing, <laughs> committing a foul so he can leave the game because that was flagrant. Um, yeah, just the number of, you know, square kicks into the stomach for the Nets, who really have not much hope left. Uh, they have fought with pride. They have really, you know, I mean, listen, it is what it is. Um, you know, I, I keep saying that, you know, the Nets, if they were going to win, they need to hit a bunch of threes and they need the Raptors to be cold at the same time. They have not been able to do that. They created 51 threes today. They had some open looks. Guys like Garrett Temple, had, you know, missed a couple of good ones. You know, Timothy Luau Cabarro. Was really hot in game one. Has not really done much since then. Uh, two of 11 today. He had a lot of open looks. He was missing those. And listen, again, I, I can empathize because I watch these games. You know, when I see that the Raptors are struggling because you got to guard Kyrie, Kevin Love, and LeBron James, you know, and Channing Fry, and J.R. Smith, and Kyle Korver, uh, and box out Tristan Thompson. You know, like, when you see all that happening, when you see sort of the mismatches that are there, and then on the other end, you're working your ass off to get an open three, and the ball swings to Damari Carroll, and you're like, oh, please make this, please, and he bricks it, and when, you know, the ball gets to Patrick Patterson, and you're like, we need this, Matt, Matt Devlin is literally courtside yelling, we need this, like, he's begging, he's begging, like, you know, uh, and, and Pat bricks the three, I know that feeling, man, and it's super demoralizing for a team. And for the Nets, obviously, 
that's their position that they're in right now, man. I mean, you can't have guys like that missing threes because the Raptors, obviously, red hot today, 18 of 38, you know, pretty much shot 50% from three, just like they did in game one. Fred doing the same deal. I mean, it was it was bad. And, and this one, I mean, the Nets didn't even really make a big comeback. The Raptors just kind of, you know, screwed around for a little bit. And even... Even with the Raptors screwing around, the Raptors still won every single quarter of this game, man. It was, uh, it's it's just too bad, you know. Like, you know, you want to see the Nets healthy. You want to see them at full strength. You know, you want to see them with, you know, stability at head coach, whichever way they end up going. Um, because, you know, there's some talent here, but yeah, you know, the, right now the Raptors are just, there's mismatches all over the place for the Raptors. And, yeah, you know, even guys like Terrence Davis came in, gave them a nice stretch there. You know, OG got bloodied, uh, and uh, Rondé apparently sat out today with um, with a minor injury. So, TD got in that spot as the sort of eighth man. 17 minutes, 9 points, plus 15, 3 assists, 2 rebounds, a steal. Uh, had a couple of transition opportunities. You know, it, a little weird that he was kind of jittery. Um, looked a little nervous sometimes, playing a little bit fast, you know, slipping a lot, losing his handle a little bit here and there. You know, Chris Chioza dropped him with a crossover. I mean, can't blame him there. Chris Chioza's real quick. Uh, he's getting by a lot of guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, dropped him. And what I liked is, though, right after Chris Chioza dropped him, now Chris missed the mid-range shot, so that's that's a that's a cardinal sin right there. You cannot miss the jumper after dropping a guy. Um, but... After TD got dropped, the immediate next play, the Raptors go the other way, and TD gets the three, and he pulls it, and he, I think he shoots it over uh, Chioza and hits the three. So, I like the, the the confidence, I like the effort he showed there. Um, yeah, and it was just you know again, it, it, you know it when you're seeing Stanley Johnson in the playoff game, it's it's not a good sign for you. And uh, yeah, I mean the Nets, I, I don't know what else to say about them. You know, I, I, oh, actually, the last thing I want to say is like Lavert. I think I think Lavert being more demoralized than anything else was, was real hurtful because the Raptors just went back to a more traditional pick and roll coverage, right? Like I wrote a whole piece about how the Raptors had like seven different defensive looks. You know, they threw at Lavert, but focusing on Lavert, they've been throwing guys at Lavert. Ridiculous, man! The guy was shooting ten of thirty six. His shot chart looked like you know a Heinz tomato can. Like it was just pure red. Like it, it was. It was, you know, it was nasty, and the Raptors were really shutting him down. Now, he still had a lot of assists, but, you know, you know, whatever. Like, Lavert was trying to attack. You, you know, you, you just, the creation and the, the results just weren't there for him. The Raptors were just throwing the book at him. And then today, they changed him entirely. I'm sure the Nets probably looked at game two, probably saw the Raptors have all these things, probably used their practice time to say, like, okay, if they box and run you, this is what we're going to do. If they try and go into you, this is what we're going to do. If they're going to switch against you, this is what we're going to do. Like, they probably had all these strategies, and then Nick Nurse was like, yeah, you know what? Screw all that. We're just going to play traditional defense. We have some pretty good defenders. Uh, you might have heard about OG Anobi or Fred Van Vliet. You might have heard about Marcus Saw and Serge Ibaka. Uh, we could just cover you regularly in the in the pick and roll. No extra stuff. No stunting from the weak side. Nothing. Just l- let's just see you score, man. Because when you shoot final 22, I might, win- I might need to see you score before I try to send a double team. And, yeah, it kind of killed their aggressiveness. You know, Levert missed a couple of shots early on. He even hit his threes today, which is rare, but... It did not matter. Like, it, it was bad. I mean, the biggest stat here is that he only had six assists. He had, what, 15 in game one and 11 in game two. Karras is going downhill. He was attacking, coming wave after wave. Determined, even though the Raptors were down or up like 20-plus points, Lavert's still attacking. The aggressiveness is still there. actually really admired his competitive spirit. The Raptors, by, by staying more traditional, they, they sagged back, sat back at the rim. You know what? Okay, Lavert hit some threes. Cool. Congratulations. We don't really believe you can do it consistently. Uh, but we're going to take away the lob to Allen. And we're going to take away 
the pick and roll game. Period. Okay, Lavert, you can shoot over a, con- a contest from OG. You can, if you can get if you can lose Fred off a screen. I mean, good luck. But if you can shoot it, whatever, cool. But we're not gonna give Allen anything. Allen didn't have a single field goal attempt in 33 minutes. Okay. Uh, and the threat of Allen's lob, I mean, you know, it's pretty easy to throw it down into him, but he just, he couldn't get anything. And, yeah, I mean, Levert, I mean, the energy wasn't really there for him. And when your leader is, it stops attacking, right? And, again, going back to that that Cavs comparison, you know, when, when DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are like, okay, DeMar's on the bench, Kyle can't score at all here, like, it's done. It's done. It's done when you see Tyler Johnson, um, Doing his best to uh, bring you back into the game when you're down, you know, whatever. It's it, it, you're done when you see Chris Chioza, you know, hand on the ball as much as he did. So, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Nets, um, you know, it is what it is for them right now. Uh, in terms of your three stars, a couple of ways you can go with this. I think the first star, I'm going to give the first star to, uh, I'm going to give the first star to Pascal. I, I thought he played really well, really energetically. Real the aggression to attack was there. Listen, I know people want Pascal to have a big scoring game. I want him to have a big scoring game. He probably could have had a better scoring game than he did today, but 26 points, 11 to 23 shooting. I like the fact that he called his numbers so much. I like how aggressive he was. I like how much the teammates were looking for him. He was active, engaged, got a variety of baskets. You know, he got transition. Uh, he got corner threes. He got the top of the floor threes. Got a mid-range jumper. Got to the free throw line. Uh, made some cuts while other people were in the post. Um, you know, got out, you know, uh, assisted other people. Uh, defended well. Played with energy. Um yeah, pretty happy with Pascal Day, man. I mean, you know, you know, it's one thing because with other teams, like obviously they don't have you know guys, guys like Kyle and Fred. I mean, those guys are hot right now. You got to feed the hot hand, right? And, and admittedly, Pascal has not been as sharp as you would expect. He's not like knocking down every open look or whatever. But he played well, man. He played well tonight in that third quarter where the Raptors pulled away. You know, against that zone, Pascal just completely carved them apart. So. Pascal Siakam, your first star. Uh, it's been a while since I've said that. Um, second star, I'm giving that to Surge. 20 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 8 of 12, and 3 of 3 from the 3-point line in 23 minutes. Knocked down his free throw as well, plus 12. Surge was just, I mean, you know, he's been playing great. I think the matchup really suits him. I think the fact that playing Rodion's Kubrick's really suits him. And, uh, yeah, Surge just went to work, man. I loved his activity on the offensive glass. Oh, speaking of which, uh, the one I think Siakam's best way of the game was you know, uh, he drove it in, created an open three for Mark. Mark missed the shot. You know, Pascal beat out two defenders for the offensive rebound, including Jared Allen, who had, what, 17 rebounds today? He beat out Jared Allen and another defender for the, the loose ball, even though he had uh, outside position. Went up for the layup. Uh, Allen contested. He missed it. And then Siakam then beat those two guys for the layup, for the rebound again, and then went in for the putback. I loved his energy today. Um, but Serge, you know, s- same kind of deal. A lot of activity on the offensive glass. You know, steady in the post. Confident from three. Coming around screens for three. I mean, damn, Serge was feeling good today. And, uh, yeah, I mean, after missing his first four, he went eight of eight to finish the game <laughs> and was uh, really, really solid for the Raptors You know, on both ends. So, He's your second star. And then your third star, uh, I'm going to give that to Fred. I mean, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 of 13 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. Didn't get any free throw calls. Doesn't got a lot of calls, but it doesn't matter, man. Fred is just carving these guys up. I mean, whoever is guarding him right now, Fred has so much confidence right now to just beat his man off the dribble. He's done that so often in this series, and especially with the Nets switching a lot, Allen's at the perimeter. Fred's just beating his man off the dribble, getting to the, the rim, finishing, and that's the stuff that, you know, when you, that's a big difference. When Fred is healthy, when he's rested, um, you know, obviously he had a lot of his time to sort of, you know, lay off and stuff like that. 
When he's rested, he has that burst. He has that separation, the crossovers, everything like that. We know skill-wise, Fred has pretty much whatever you need. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, when he has the fitness and the health and the, 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 the quickness. Because you, you need a lot of quickness as a guard, man. And if you've got an ankle injury as a small guard, you're not getting a lot of separation. It's hard. You know, you're going to have a lot of shots contested. Fred's creating a lot of open looks for not only himself, but for others as well. Fred looks amazing. He's a third star. Gerald Henderson, that's going to Tyler Johnson. He was my pick for Gerald Henderson for the whole series. Uh, he had a good game, game two, and, and he had a good game today, too. So, uh, yeah, 23 points, uh, three assists, you know, 8 of 15 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3. He was their best three-point shooter tonight. Obviously replacing Allen's spot in the starting five, and um, he did well. He did well. Um, you know, honestly, I don't know what it is about the broadcast. He, he's looking real racially ambiguous. Whenever time I see Tyler Johnson, I'm like, not totally sure, but um, yeah, I mean, he's been he's just been scoring. Uh, he got in a bit of foul trouble today, so it limited his minutes. But you know, he was probably their most lethal offensive player, just moving around, catch and shoot player, really aggressive. You know what? I mean, he's nothing special, but uh, yeah, I mean, there there you go, uh, Gerald Henderson Award. Uh, yeah, that does it for the podcast. I mean, you know, the Raptors on the verge of a sweep. Uh, you know. I, I picked Raptors in five just because I gave the Nets one game. I of course couldn't foresee this thing happening, unfortunately with with Allen, but um, or with Harris. I don't know why I keep confusing them. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is also the next most likely outcome: Raptors in four. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're looking good, man. They're looking good. Obviously, you know, having watched a lot of the Raptors playing game fours, you know, you can expect sort of a push. You know, um, the other team's going to try to do something in the first half, but they're going to be short on confidence. They're going to be short on desire. We're already seeing a club that's really banged up. They're gone. They're, they've done as well as you could possibly imagine them doing in the bubble, but they're probably ready to let, let go of the rope. And so what you need to do is, if they hang on to the rope, stick, stay in the game, battle through three quarters, and push away in, game four, in the fourth quarter. That reminds me of 2017 Raptors-Cavs, uh, which I uh, unfortunately paid $200 to sit in the lower bowl to watch, not even a great game from uh, LeBron, but you know, yeah, that was how that game went. You know, it was close to three quarters. Corey Joseph was putting in work, and then boom, uh, the cast closed the door. Uh, you know, it, you know, or it could be, you know, what the Nets might just like be frustrated. There were signs of frustration today. I was actually really worried the Nets were going to commit some sort of frustration foul. You know, having played uh, <laughs> a lot of men's league soccer. Uh, you know, when you're beating a team like that, when they're when they're frustrated, they're missing opportunities. They're someone's probably going to come in for a little uh, studs up tackle or a little shove, you know, along the baseline, throwing a guy off or something like that. Because, um, yeah, I mean, you got pride kicks in at some point, and who knows? Maybe you you have a Demar Derozan slapping, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson. You know, um, you never know with these things, but. Either way, I kind of expect the Raptors to sweep, especially after seeing them completely crush the spirits of the Nets today. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because that second round series against the, I mean, it's going to be against the Sixers, or against the, the Celtics. Um, it's looking real good. It's looking real good. It's very enticing. I'm probably going to get a jump start on my previews and stuff like that. I have a lot of free time. Um, and yeah, it'll, it'll be good. I mean, it's going to be a big step up from uh, what Brooklyn to, to go to uh, Boston, but. Yeah, I think that would be a fantastic series, but uh, hopefully the Raptors, you know, st- stay focused at the task at hand, close down four, have their first sweep in franchise history, and um, yeah, you can just put the Nets out of their misery, man. I mean, honestly, they, they look depressed. They look like they need to go outside the bubble ASAP to, to just like go to Disneyland or Disney World or whichever one is down there. 
um, <laughs> just enjoy the resort or something like you know go to Splash Mountain like go to Epcot Center like you know you guys deserve it man I mean you guys fought real hard banged up no one expected anything from you guys you guys held on to the playoff spot you know you deserved it you earned it go out there have a good time Jock Vaughn have some, good luck on your interviews with the head coaching spot hopefully you can beat out Greg Popovich in interviews and uh, yeah um, so that does it for the podcast thanks everyone for listening um Big thanks to the sponsor, KFC. And, of course, if you're listening and you enjoy the show, especially newer listeners, um, please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps uh, us in terms of, you know, A, it helps surface the podcast. You know, a lot of things are on charts. People find these things through the Explore pages of podcast apps and on Spotify or on on Apple or whatever. So, you know, if you uh, give it a good rating, if you write uh, reviews, it helps the popularity of the show, it helps surface the show. And honestly, we can't really do anything ourselves to control the popularity of the show. So we really need you guys to just, I mean, you know, just literally open the podcast app, hit five stars, super straightforward. It takes like 10 seconds, you know, just, just do some of that, write a review if you feel necessary. Um, we would really appreciate it. And then too, you know, it helps with, um, you know, good vibes, you know, it, it makes me feel better. Uh, <laughs> and, makes my bosses feel better it makes kfc feel better so thanks everyone for listening uh raptors are up three nothing in the series very comfortable and i'm looking forward to recapping game four on sunday if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again juvederm volux xc is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j u v e d e r m.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com